Hey, episode 10 coming up. Um, I'm going to talk a bit about still the summer of 69. After last podcast, I spoke briefly with my sister. Um, and then I spoke with my um, stepbrother, Joe. And then I spoke with my stepsister, Julie. So I, I got, uh, you know, just realizing that we all remember things differently. Uh, the same events imprint on each of us in a different way. And uh, I'd really like to go into that, but I have a hard time with the 15 minutes or 20 minutes. Like the last the last podcast was half an hour. I wanted to keep it to 20 minutes. And uh, it, a lot of that is because of the culture we're in, where it's just people don't, they lose interest, right? So... Um, I'm just going to tell this extension of the story uh, of 1969, the summer of 69. After uh, San Francisco, after the acid trip that Joe and I took, and, you know, uh, Jill and Julie, Bright, Joe's step, uh, Joe's sisters, my stepsisters, were also there. Uh, now, those three had come from a very uh, protected um life lifestyle in comparison to what I was experiencing anyway uh, we had met them the summer before so when I was 10 um, 1968 so, so Bryce was raised in a my stepfather was raised in a a Mormon home uh, uh, maybe a little bit peculiar in their um, Mormon or LDS beliefs, uh, a lot of the members of the family held to uh, what they called fundamentalist Mormon doctrine, which included uh, polygamy, so the, the, the right of a man or even maybe the responsibility of a man to take more than one wife. Now, in our culture, that's definitely a... Uh, it's been a no-no for, for a long time. I mean, in the history of the Mormon Church and that doctrine is very interesting, too, how the U United States dealt with, with that particular... The, the federal government dealt with that particular doctrine. Um, regardless, Bryce's immediate family, his mom and, and, uh, and dad and his brothers and sisters were not directly involved in... Uh, a polygamy uh, lifestyle, so a lifestyle of uh, polygamy. Um, though they they did have really close relatives that were, for one, Bryce's uncle, uh, my grandpa Paul's uh, brother was a uh, was a polygamist, and that's a that's a whole other story. And I, I, it's really an interesting story, and I I will tell it, but not today. So anyway, just to give a background, that's. Bryce, he went to school at Brigham Young, Brigham Young University. He met his first wife down there in Utah. I'm not sure the circumstances of that. And anyway, they married, had three kids. And um, Bryce 
decided that he did not want to be, uh, he didn't want to be married and have the responsibility of three kids. But I don't, I'm not sure that was the only reason. I think he was really bucking the whole Mormon church thing too, like, uh, uh, which there's a history that would give him uh, cause to be that way. But for sure, his kids and his wife, uh, that was their understanding that he didn't want the responsibility of a wife and three kids. So he just took off. Um, so interesting, when I talked to Julie, she said that that was meeting us in 68 was, was a hurtful thing because he had moved out from his marriage to her mother into a relationship with my mother and she had four kids. So, you know, it wasn't, it was like a disconnect for her. I mean, so she was a year younger than Joe and I, so she, you know, I was 10, she would have been nine. So cognizant what was, was happening. And also on the whole summer of 69 trip, she had a, 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 a better understanding than anybody else because of her age anybody else as far as the kids were concerned she, she you know joe and i um we were 11 we were pretty aware of what was going on she was 10 she was pre also pretty aware um of what was going on uh i think at at nine which was my um my younger brother's age and then my sister's four years younger than that so she would have been like five um it was uh for them, I don't know how cognizant they were. I, I could talk to Jonathan. I think he probably, at nine, would have been cognizant of a lot of what was going on. Anyway, so after we left, after the acid trip, we went back into San Francisco, hung out with our friends. And uh, I remember Woody, uh, she was living there at the time in San Francisco. I don't remember where. She might have been living with Tom. I mean, they, she's was actually in love with Tom. Oh, I got his last name was Walker, too. She was in love with Tom, and and uh, he never reciprocated that um, that feeling for her. Uh, he, Tom was pretty much a hedonist. Him and, and Bryce got along famously. They were pretty much two peas in a pod. Bryce was a little older, though. Uh, they were both what I would call uh, bisexuals and uh, very hedonistic in their belief systems. Um, um, there was also another guy that was madly, in, a guy that was madly in love with Tom, too. So we had these two people that we were hanging out with. Claude was his name. Um, again, that was my impression, that Claude was madly in love with her, him, with Tom. Um, Claude became very close friend as well, but lost contact with him when I became a Christian. Uh, it wasn't because I became a Christian, it's just I never went back to California, and he lived in California. Uh, so, anyway, um, or did I? No, never went back. So, after we dropped every... Oh, what I was going to say about Woody is one of the things I remember is going with her uh, to the San Francisco Pier, and her raving about a pastrami sandwich 
uh, a pastrami sandwich on rye. And I mean, I was, I liked corned beef. I don't know that I'd ever had pastrami at that time, which is another cured beef or pickled beef. Um, like there's Montreal smoked, there's pastrami, which I believe also is smoked. And then there's corned beef, which I don't believe is smoked. Uh, um, all very, for me, and then my mouth's watering. It's lunchtime. <laughs> I've been working a bit today, so but I have to get this done. So um, we walked down the pier and we got these sandwiches that were fresh, fresh baked rye, dark rye bread with a uh, spicy mustard and uh, um, just piled high with pastrami and a giant pickle, like this big, huge dill, dill pickle, uh, and we sat on the on the uh, wharf there and ate it. And Anyway, I, I, rem I have a very clear memory of her and I. I'm sure there was other people there. I don't know who they were. <laughs> I can't remember. Maybe Joe, maybe Ju Julie, I don't know. Anyway, after we left um, San Francisco, we took uh, Joe, Julie, and Jill back to their mom who lived in uh, Utah, Salt Lake City, and dropped them off with her. And I cannot imagine the what that was like for them um especially joe um but i did talk uh, julie did talk about it a bit it was there was a huge culture shock traveling with us like her her culture her her feet were firmly firmly established it sounds into the lds uh lifestyle way of life and um she saw everything that was wrong in the in the uh, summer of 69 and um i don't know I, looking back on it i saw i see it as wrong too at the time i don't know about the moral distinctions um i don't know you know because of my age because of my i don't know like on one hand i'm recognizing i'm cognizant and on the other hand i'm going well morality i'm not sure where where that fit where my morality was. I mean, I, we draw a lot of what we know about morality from our parents, and my mom was wishy-washy with regards to morality. And Bryce, I don't, to this day, I don't really believe he has much morality. I, you know, probably I would label him or having sociopathic behavior, whatever. That's my experience and my history with him would, would back it up. Um, definitely having sociopathic behavior. So, um, as we, after we dropped off Joe, Julie, and Jill, um, we went shopping in Salt Lake. Bryce had a hatred for all things LDS. They weren't called LDS at the time. They were called Mormons. He had a hatred for that that was pretty deep-seated. And the mantra of the, one of the mantras of the, uh, of the hippie movement was to F the man, you know, it was like to stick it to the system and, you know, kick buck against authority. And anyway, we went shopping, JC Penny, Bryce had a credit card. He had a credit card for JC Penny and, uh, and Sears. And he had one for another, uh, I think it was Pizzitz, which was, a uh, Alabama state, um, uh, uh, you know, chain, maybe, maybe, the south southern states i can't remember anyway they were bankrupt now but anyway so uh we went there and we bought all brand new sleeping bags we bought all brand new watches for every one of us and a whole new wardrobe for each of us and the camping gear 
uh, heater, um, you know, like uh, catalytic heater, Coleman, Coleman stoves, uh, all kinds of camping gear, toaster, te- whatever, everything for camping. Uh, I, the, the sleeping bags we had for years, there was two day-glow orange and one green, uh, lime, day-glow lime green. Um, so there was one for me and one for Vicky and one for uh, Jonathan. And uh, all the clothes, the clothes were wild. They were like 60s, schmaltzy, you know, corporate interpretation of hippie hippiedom um you know bright super bright colors stuff you'd see on on uh on tv at the time like uh um what can i think of the the uh smothers brothers maybe or or a laugh in if you remember those shows you can if you, you're younger and you're watching this you can always google laugh in that's where goldie hawn got her start and uh and the smothers brothers they were all you know the clothes they were wearing were pretty Anyway, those clothes, hipster, hip hip cut, bell-bottom jeans, and bright, bright colors, not just blue jean colors, but bright, wild colors, patterns, wild patterns on your psychedelic patterns on your shirts. And We bought a ton of clothes for all of us, and uh, then Bryce went to Sears, and he bought some tools, uh, whatever else, I can't remember what all, I mean, we might have bought the camping gear there, I don't remember, I just remember we just spent like out we were taking stuff in and out of the mall like we'd go in and get stuff and then go take it out and put it in the bus and go back and get more and take it out and put it in the bus and my memory is that eventually somebody approached us and i can't remember what the what the uh, what the gist of it was but anyway the intention it turned out for Bryce and my mom was to um or for Bryce anyway, was to never pay those bills. They were making plans to go to Canada. Their intention was to take all this stuff and go to Canada and not pay their credit card bills. Uh, It didn't quite work out that way because credit cards had power in Canada too. Um, Maybe not the stores themselves, but creditors, they have a way uh, of, of getting stuff, so... Um, I didn't get much into a philosophy um, and what that taught me, but basically I want to say that what I have realized, and I really do want to go deeper into this, was that, you know, there's there's basically a couple of ways of looking at humanity. Either we're born a blank slate and and, you know, each person's born a blank slate and there's no, there's nothing good or bad inherently about them or else we are born inherently evil or we tend towards corruption tend towards what is not holy what is not good uh holy when i use that word holy i'm i'm setting it up as uh god as being the one true example of what is good and and right right so and he is called holy so holy is everything that is good um, uh, that's in, in this context, that's what I'm talking about. Everything that is good. And I mean, it's, it's even more than that when you think about it, but that's what I'm talking about. So, um, after that, the, uh, the other third way that we look at is that people are intrinsically good. They're born good. 
uh, not a blank slate necessarily, but born inherently good. Um, now I don't, I don't believe that. I, I think I've had four kids and now I've got a couple of grandkids and love them all. But even as babies, um, they were not inherently good. They were inherently selfish. They were inherently, uh, self-serving. Um, and so if, if you believe that there's no connection between God and, or a creator and the creation and it's all, we're just random allocation of molecules that have accidentally come together and we form life and crawled out of the slime and, and, uh, evolved. If, I mean, if that's your belief and God has plays no part in that, well, then that's all it, that's fine. That's good. Who cares if you're inherently selfish? Selfish is self-preserving. Uh, I believe that we, in, like, all of us intrinsically know that selfishness is not uh, a good quality. Um, so all of these, all of these actions, you know, I talk about all the things that happen in the summer we're 99% controlled by selfishness, self-serving, hedonistic ideas, wanting to feed our flesh. And and again, my point of view is that that's not a good thing, that it's, it's not what uh, would produce a truly loving, caring uh, society, a truly loving, caring humanity, uh, one that nurtures good uh, in people. So... Um, that's that's my perspective, right? So to learn to put aside selfishness and, oh man, it is difficult to do because we all have back to those conversations. We all have those conversations in our head and who who are we talking to, you know? Like uh, back to that song I, I talked about, like everybody's, you know, living in their own head. We all, we're all talking to ourselves. We're all talking to God. We're all talking to demons or demonic powers or you know we're talking to somebody so um all those conversations we know you know i know everybody knows that there's not there's not inherent goodness there's some goodness and there's a lot of not so goodness in our thoughts and in our way we live anyway i'm gonna get on with it uh i went a little long again so but uh, I don't know what song I'm going to do. Um, it'll be a song, though. Um, next one will be 11. Okay, thanks a lot. Hey, I just rewatched the, uh, or I just watched the video that I did to earlier. And before I post it, I wanted to clarify something. When I was talking about uh, Salt Lake City and the Mormon Church, um, I wanted in my mind, I was thinking that um, Bryce related the two pretty closely. My opinion, he related the two pretty closely. So when he thought of of ripping off J.C. Penney and and Sears, it was it was relevant to him that we went to the stores that were in uh, Salt Lake City. He felt like that was bruising the heel of of. Uh, of the Mormon church. Uh, he had such disdain for that organization that he lumped it in with the F the man attitude. 
I'm going to do a song uh, by Bruce Coburn. It's called uh, All the Diamonds. Um, it's a song that I really like. I think it illustrates or presents the journey towards uh, Christian faith very well. Uh, I like the imagery and I like the music. So it's a Bruce Coburn song and I hope you enjoy it. the diamonds in the world. All the diamonds in this world that mean anything to me are conjured up by the Crystal snow in the sky, of sun's hideous. 